Welcome to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. Will it be possible to remain in my home as I age? Do I feel safe in my home? How do I figure out how much support I will need when my health needs start to change? What if I decide to move into a community instead? Which community will meet my needs now and in the future? Who will play a role in helping me with decision-making? Do you ask yourself these same questions? Aging in Place Strategies and Answers can help you gain practical knowledge that will help you create your own Aging in Place Roadmap. If you are already a care partner, a power of attorney, or in crisis mode with your Aging in Place strategy, you will learn what you need to know that you don't know. For over 20 years, I have been marketing Aging in Place services to clients and educating families and healthcare professionals in how to put aging in place strategies into place. When you utilize aging in place, you are allowed to choose where you want to live and make those decisions so that you can retain your quality of life. Welcome back to Aging in Place, Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. While planning is an important aspect of aging in place, it is also the most difficult because in the planning stages, you don't know what the final outcome will be. If you have had your own company or wanted to create your own company, you would establish a business plan And while your mission statement and your core values might not change, your budget, your sales goals, the number of employees you need, and the success of your business will be on how well you made the pivot or evolved to adjust to the market or to changes in demands or products. The same is true with aging in place planning. Many of the phone calls I have fielded in my career were from families who wanted to know how they would get from point A to point B while caring for their family member. The caller learned that point A would be an initial meeting to gather and assess the current care needs. The next step would be to put in additional care support to help stabilize the care situation and then watch for the results. After giving this explanation, people would inevitably ask, well, what's next? What is it going to look like? Because people are unique and different, and every care situation is different, this is what makes it so difficult. Here is your professional tip for today. The key to successful planning is to know whom to call and when to call, and then to listen to professional advice. Agencies field many calls from desperate families, but those same families rarely pull the trigger and opt for professional care. From experience, we can see the disasters and the pitfalls ahead, and sometimes families do call back and say, 
I should have listened. But by then, when we meet them again, there have been rehospitalizations and the situation is more serious than when they first called. Last week, someone told me a story about a colleague who had been told by her physician that she was experiencing some serious heart issues and that she needed to come in for testing so that the doctor could further diagnose and begin to treat. Well, she decided to self-treat and do some Google research. And I am very sad to report that because she did not listen to professional advice, she had a massive heart attack. Now, I don't want to get into the weeds of this illustration and run down a rabbit hole. I'm only using this illustration because not following professional advice could be problematic. Now, just in case this question is beginning to surface in your mind, professional caregivers and professional care managers achieve amazing results because we are in the home. Our outcomes are amazing, and when our services are combined with Medicare-covered services, we save people from going back to the hospital. If you become a subscriber, you will be able to hear the story of my personal experience using professional caregivers and Medicare-covered services. As a professional and as a caregiver, I like to make plans to achieve goals, and I'm pretty good at problem solving. However, when it comes to health care, I would say that aging in place is more like a journey. Let's take a moment and revisit the big picture of aging in place. Plan A would be to make sure you have the appropriate legal documents in place for healthcare decision-making and trust documents to distribute wealth. Take time to have your financial planner review your assets, discuss distributions, and where to pull money from if you need to have access to cash. If you have insurance products like long-term care insurance, review that policy and attach all the information you learned to that policy. You might even complete a document for your long-term care insurance company stating who can talk to them on your behalf when you need to make a claim and you're unable to do that for yourself. If you don't have a policy that will help you pay for future care, maybe it's time to go shopping. Decisions on home modifications are definitely a Part A discussion. Should you modify your home or find a right-sized home. When you retire, you begin a new life journey, and it just takes time to decide what you want your retirement to look like. As you begin to age, your health needs could begin to change, and knowing strategies to help you go through this next journey is what this podcast is all about. Here is an example from someone I met last week. After this smart lady told me her story, I told her, you are my new idol. Her story began like this. She said, my husband and I were doing our daily Bible devotional, 
And they were reading about Peter and the prophecy of his youth and his old age. And it got them thinking. They said, how do we want our older years to look? And so they decided that they would spend two years researching and looking at communities and trying to figure out financially what they could afford and what community they thought they would like to move in if they had to move. She was 81 at that time and they did take two years to tour and then at 83 she said she moved into the community. She asked me, would you like to know why we ended up at the community we did? Well, you know what I answered. Of course I wanted to know. And she said, Linda, there were five reasons. She just said, when we wanted to move into a community, we wanted it to be a faith-based community. We wanted it to be something that we could afford. And there was no buy-in. But they did have all the levels of care that we thought we might need in our lifetime. And they also had a foundation available if we ran out of money. She told me that she had lived there 10 years. And she said the beauty of making that decision and moving when they did was that they were still healthy and they could really enjoy the community amenities and then continue to travel. And I will tell you that when I met her, she, at 93, walked without a walker, a cane, or any other device, and she lives life to the full. Like I said, she is my new idol of planning to age in place or in a community or wherever you decide to age. From my personal and professional experience, I have seen that some journeys are short and some journeys are simple. For others, some journeys are long and some journeys are more complicated. One tip that I want to give you today is no matter what your journey is or what your journey might look like, there are solutions. So please remember that. As I have mentioned, when care needs start to change, you might need to start thinking about additional care support. While friends, family, and relatives might be good in a pinch, it is important to understand why professional caregivers and professional care managers can be so valuable in your aging in place strategy. To neglect this part of the process, in my experience, is foolhardy. Most of us agree that having a lawyer, having a financial planner, are essential. Essential professionals to know and to have. So my question to you is, why aren't professional care managers or professional caregivers assigned that same value? When it comes to caregiving roles and responsibilities, we think we can do it, and in many situations and circumstances, we can handle it. But we also use child care, so why don't we think we need to employ adult care when it's necessary? Here are some reasons why professional caregivers are so valuable. 
one day when my mother had fallen and she was having some difficulty getting out of her chair, I tried to help her up and I didn't do it right. And quite frankly, my shoulder has never been the same. Getting hurt is a common complaint from many family members who've tried to provide care for their family members that is beyond their training or knowledge. That is not to say that you cannot be trained, but you're going to have to ask for that training. No one usually comes up to you and asks you, what training do you need to be able to transfer your husband, your wife, or your parent? Or do you need to know how to get them in or out of the shower safely? If you have ever had a wet child in a bathtub or a wet adult in the shower, you know how frightening that experience is. And believe me, you don't want to do it incorrectly. Friends, neighbors, and housekeepers are not caregivers. You will lose every neighbor and friend if you continually ask them to do things that they are not comfortable doing or you become too dependent on them. I have seen this happen over and over again. Many, many times, families tell me that their parent has a housekeeper. Well, they tell me that housekeeper is also now doing the laundry. Um, yep, and in fact, they also now have that housekeeper doing the grocery shopping. In one conversation I had with a housekeeper who made a call to see if we could help her with her client, she explained that she had started off doing housekeeping, then added laundry, then light housekeeping, then transportation, and now the client was also putting her in charge of setting up her medications. She said, I do not feel that that is within my scope and it is over my ability and I am starting to feel afraid. She asked, can you help with the items that I don't feel comfortable doing for my client? I told her, absolutely. And if we want to play this out just a little bit more, how many clients do you think this person can take on if she's spending all of her time with one client? And this is where you start going down a rabbit hole. And everything seems to be okay until you start getting worried that you might get sued for doing things that you're really not actually insured to do. In my experience, I have had conversations with lawyers whose clients were being sued by their private pay caregiver for loss of wages when they saw that their client was now going to move to a higher level of care. Yes, you heard me correctly. The private pay caregiver, not working for an agency, was then suing a client because they weren't needed anymore. Agencies of professional caregivers carry workman's compensation on their employees, plus personal and professional liability insurance, and they make sure that safety checks and supervisory checks are done on their staff. In addition, they can problem solve when you're not getting the care that you paid for or you're not connecting with your professional 
caregiver. AARP reported that you have more to fear from a friend, a neighbor, or a relative than a caregiver from an agency. Here is a quick illustration of why a professional caregiver can be so valuable and really needed in a situation like I'm going to describe. A family had called our agency and shared some of the details about what their loved one was needing in their care picture. And so I shared the kind of information that I would normally share with a family And after I told them the pricing and what we could do, the family member said, well, I think we're probably going to use my grandson to help with grandma this summer since he is off. Now, keep in mind, she'd already told me what uh, grandma was going to need um, in order to be successful at home. And I asked her if she thought that her 12-year-old grandson should have the responsibility of taking his grandmother to the bathroom if he should be helping her with bathing, dressing, and grooming. The silence on the other end of the phone assured me that I had gotten my message across. If you asked your 12-year-old grandson if he was comfortable with those caregiver responsibilities, what do you think he would say? Exactly. Enough said. Professional caregivers are worth their weight in gold. I have had adult sons or daughters tell me that they are willing to be helpful and they are willing to do many tasks, but when it comes to personal care, they are not comfortable doing that for their loved one, nor is the loved one comfortable with that kind of relationship. That is a perfect time to hire an agency that is trained, insured, and able to perform all the tasks required. Now, I can hear your brains asking me the question, how much does a professional caregiver cost per hour? And that really depends upon where you live. So I'm just going to tell you, I would say about $35 an hour and higher or lower wherever you live. While a professional caregiver can prove valuable in many care situations, a care manager can be indispensable and so worth the money spent. Remember, I mentioned that some situations are simple and can be solved easily, and some situations cannot. And so care management can be a wise cost and time-saving solution. A colleague told me a story recently, and I want to use it here as an example. They were experiencing a pretty significant plumbing issue in their home. So when they called a plumbing company and told them what they were experiencing, they said, we are going to save you a lot of time and effort here and not send a regular plumber to your home. What you need is a technician who can troubleshoot and solve your plumbing issue. So they explained what the cost would be and when that technician would be available 
And because this was a wise person, they agreed to the solution. But that's not always the case. I am sure many of you would have called other companies and maybe even perhaps tried to solve it with a regular plumber. But sometimes you're just going to need somebody with more expertise who can lend a different point of view and bring a different skill set to that picture. Care managers are professionals and you can find a professional care manager by going to the Aging Life Care Association website. Some geriatric care managers are counselors, social workers, nurses, and gerontologists. They bill by the hour and the costs will be appropriate to your area. I live in the Midwest and care management usually starts around $135 an hour on up. Having someone to call in a healthcare situation where there is no local person to help when a loved one's health needs change is invaluable. Now here are some other ways a geriatric care manager can be helpful. They can coordinate care with the patient and their specialists. They can also go with the patient to appointments, ask questions, record the information, and update all family members. Some clients have identified a power of attorney, but they really have no designee for healthcare decision making. And this is helpful if you have a nurse care manager who could advise your power of attorney of what is going on medically, but in other cases can actually become a medical power of attorney for healthcare decisions for someone who does not have anyone. Third-party assessments are so valuable. Nurses can provide medical assessments, cognitive assessments, support system assessments, home and safety assessments, and follow-up reports to the family so that everybody is on the same page, including the client. They can help clients find doctors, specialists, and then get the appropriate insurance necessary when moving to a new state. They can offer help finding the correct community or contractors for home modifications. Care managers can offer family mediation when members of the family have competing opinions or values about the best options for the aging adults. And when there are difficult familial relationships, having a third party that is unbiased can really be helpful when you need to create boundaries. Because care managers bill by the hour, you can set a budget. You can get a good faith estimate. And just like professional caregivers, you can end services when they are no longer needed and start again when the situation requires the additional help. Now let's review what we've learned today. Knowing whom to call to get professional advice will be key to successful aging in place. We also learned that following professional advice can help you avoid wasting time 
and money. And the other thing that I want you to remember, whether you're aging in place or you are a care partner for somebody else, no matter where you are in your journey, there are solutions. So knowing who to call is part of the picture. Here is the caregiver tip for today. Professional home care providers understand the problems family caregivers face and offer an array of solutions to promote the optimum balance of safety and independence for senior clients. They can perform personal care tasks that may be unsafe for untrained members and by providing personal hygiene tasks, preserve a sense of boundaries between generations and sexes. Are you a working caregiver? Care partners who are considering cutting their hours or their jobs to provide full-time care should carefully consider the impact on their career, their future earnings, and how that could impact their ability to care for themselves in the future. Caregiving is not easy, but there are solutions to help you be successful. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that this podcast is intended as guidance and not advice. Share this podcast with friends and family who are currently in crisis mode or with people who would like to start developing their own roadmap for aging in place. Listeners, if you would like a deeper dive into a topic discussed during a podcast, please subscribe to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers where you will be able to access premium content. Or if you would like to suggest a topic for this podcast, please contact me at lynda.agingstrategies at gmail.com. As always, I value the time you spend with me.